This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Book Lovers and Babel. There are also mentions of Shadowhunters, House of the Dragon, Akatar, Crescent City, Dune, and the Oleander Sword. For full list, please see show notes. and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today is a very special episode. Today is our annual thankful episode. And this year we have changed the format just a little bit. So this year we decided to kind of kind of share a little bit more about what we both like outside of what we always talk about on the podcast. I mean, y'all already know that we, you know, we have our video game episode with Laura. We talk about the cons. We've gone through like different themes, like with our villain episodes. But this year, we wanted to talk about books that we are thankful for that we read this year and came out this year um, that we wouldn't necessarily talk about the podcast. You know, um, Laura's background, where she ha- she loves political intrigue. She loves, you know, strategy. And I, you know, what got me back into reading was contemporary romance. So we figured we would probably pull from those two genres and discuss about it both those books a little bit more. I'm very, very excited. Uh, I will be talking about Babel by R.F. Kuang. And I don't know, I don't know anything really about the book that Jess is going to be talking about. And Jess is going to be speaking first. So Jess, please tell us about the book that has made such an impact on you this year. So the book that we're I'm going to be discussing, I was going to say we, but you don't know anything about no, this. No, I don't know anything about it. I'm <laughs> So excited. Um, is Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Stop. And really? Yeah. And I am, believe me, I am just as shocked too, because admittedly, my first Emily Henry book that I had read was um, People We Meet on Vacation or something. And I was not a fan. I know I'm going to get like, people are going to be like, oh my God, what? I cried at the end of that book, but but because I was... Oh, thank, I was in the, oh, thank God it's over. Like I was so overwhelmed that it was, I, I just did not like it. And I actually wound up being a friends to lovers book. And that was like, oh, not my, yeah, I was like that solidified <laughs> that I cannot try to like push through a friends to lovers situation anymore. Cause I was like, oh, finally, thank God it was one of the, you know, um, but this one hit a little bit differently. I know your book, um, Laura, all I knew is that. People talked about it on Book Talk, and that was it. Nobody gave anything really away. I mean, there was some discourse, I understand, um, but that's, I'm sure you'll explain that later in the episode. But did you know anything about, or at least like knew the cover from any of the social platforms of the book that I'm, I'm going to talk about? Yes, I've seen the cover. It's it's one of those uh, like colorful kind of cartoony <laughs> covers. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. All right. All right yeah. I, I am aware yes okay i could pick it out in a in a bookstore 
Yeah. Is it is it peach? No, it's it's blue. I think we were outside of one of your used bookstores, like in Denver or something, and you were like, "You might as well grab it." People are are talking about it somewhere. You're going to read it eventually. Get it while you can. So I have the hard copy, and <laughs> but I usually like contemporary romance in an audio version. So I had rented it from the library and I read it in the library first. And then there were like quotes and moments in the book that I was like, ooh, I really want to do a reread of this book and highlight it and stuff. So um, here we are. Now, did this reading it the first time, I wasn't expecting that we'd be talking about it ever. What? Okay. So you said that you read another one of her books and that you weren't like super into it. Um, was there any kind of that feeling in, in this book? Was it is, okay, what makes this book so yum when the other was so yuck? You know, in our conversations that we've had, um, where we've read fantasy books and there are certain fantasy books that we said, you know, it, this, it was the first time that we saw ourselves in a character, it was the first time that I saw myself in a contemporary character, not physical appearance by any means. I mean, she's still like blonde hair, 5'11", like gorgeous model, but personality of um, she she was a workaholic. Work was a priority for her. Taking care of, of the people she cares about is a priority for her. And she lost you know she had relationships that didn't tether you know that didn't work out um but she was never shamed for of it and i've i think we've had this discussion and i've definitely had it with like some like one of my other friends where like a, like any contemporary romance you have a happily ever after that's part of you know part of the formula um but it's just like the the hallmark and lifetime christmas movies you know they're gonna get together in the end but it's everybody always goes to the small town and spoiler, they don't end up in the small town. They end up right in New York. She's in, you know, she this for this character, she's in the publishing industry. But it was like, she wasn't blasted. She was appreciated for, for being who she was and didn't make any apologies for it. And it took a while for her to get there. That's awesome. And then there's also like a female friendship in it, which usually... It isn't the case with, I feel like, a lot of, like, contemporary romances, or at least the ones that I've read. But she has an actual sister. They have an actual, like, that sisterly bond where they're friends. They're, you know, like, the ones that you always read about. And, like, yeah, there's a miscommunication trope. But it wasn't even between her and the love interest. It was between the sisters where they just had to talk it out. I just, like, the things that we like, sisterhood, communication, importance of like seeing the bigger picture like there's even a point in this book where they just like her and the love interest uh the the main character in the love interest they realize that they're like we're gonna just embrace the time that we have together because we know the two worst times in our lives were these long-term relationships and they didn't work out for us we can't put that expectation on us either and then he's still like I just like a guy who simps and he like he at the end he gave it all up and he was like, fuck it. Like, no, I'm giving up everything and I'll come back to the city because he was from the city, too. But he was like family obligations and all that stuff where he felt like tethered. So I think it's just like everything that I was like, that's ideal. (laughs) 
So like this kind of flipped everything a little bit, right? So it's like mm. you go to the big city, the guy, the guy compromises, the guy comes back, like uh, there's the 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 sisterhood. So uh, I mean, it sounds it, it sounds really good. <laughs> it was the first time that I think I read a book. I mean, I, I told you earlier, I would never pitch you a rom- uh, contemporary romance. I would never put that on you. I know this isn't your genre, but it was the first time that I read the book where I, where I thought, you know what? Laura would approve of this one. Like out of all of them, this is, she'd be okay with this. <laughs> These two wind up working together just because she's an agent, he's an editor, and she winds up, you know, publishing is a very big industry if people are familiar with it. So there's a lot of hand in hand and working relationships. And there's very much a separation of church and state. They're able, when they're working, they're able to work together, but they can still have that banter. And then when they put the working aside, when they can put the working aside because they're both like extreme workaholics, they're just like a power couple in the sense that they're just really a formative pair and understand and respect, I think is a big thing, um, of each other's, um, working relationship and like their professional relationship and that they can step away from it when they're not working too. I can see exactly why you like it. Uh, (laughs) You said that you went through and you highlighted some quotes, like hit me with some of these. I don't know. I I don't think we have time. I think most most of the quotes that I highlighted were just how they pertained to myself. I'm like, oh, that that's something I said. Or even like there's a conversation the two of the sisters have and basically the two sisters parental death trigger warning the sister dies the older sister takes care of the younger sister when they're like in their teens so you can't tell me that the main character isn't at least a capricorn son but there's definitely at least one or two capricorns in her big three because she go like the sister the main character says, like, I wanted to help. I wanted to take care of you. And the, sh- and the sister says, I know you always do. And I love you for that. But I don't want you to be mom. And I definitely don't want you to be my dad. When I tell you something's going on, sometimes I just want you to be my sister and say, that sucks, instead of trying to fix it. And, you know, it continues on. And she goes, and the sister says, like, it's hard for me. I hate feeling like I can't protect you and I can't fix the situation. And I think... We talk about sisterhood so much here on the podcast, where whether you're blood, you know, blood sisters or like family that you've chosen, it was such a moment where I think we're so we naturally want to be fixers and we want to be there for each other. And the sister, like the communication, she's like, I get it. And you feel powerless when you can't do something. But sometimes I don't need you to do anything. I just you have to agree with me. And then, you know, they continue to talk it out. And she eventually says, fine, I'll say that sucks. But I'm still gonna if you said that you're she found out like her B12 and her iron, she was like iron deficient. She's like, I'll say it sucks, but you'll still find something in the mail with like a vitamin care package, which if anybody, if whoever's listening, if they know me, like that's a hundred percent something that I would do. I'd be like, oh, that sucks. Next thing you know, there's something in the mail from Amazon. <laughs> so I just thought like her as a person was really relatable. Um, and just growing through, like working through it. And I, I thought it was really nice. It was refreshing that it wasn't this, the, the workaholic is the bad guy. And it's, there wasn't this negative connotation, although it, might have started off that way of how it was positioned um that it's okay to be who you are it's okay to love work and even the guy says he's like you love work because you're passionate about it you love what you do of course you're a workaholic we work in this industry 
you you know, like forget what everybody else is. The only people who are going to get it are the people who are in it with you. So you told, right? You told me that you did this through audio, right? And yeah. then you, and then you went back and you um, got a copy of it. Yeah, I did the whole. We are not casual fans thing. Um, I had the hard copy. The audio version was available at the library. So I read that first, got the used copy at the bookstore. And then when we were, when I was rereading it for the podcast, I got it on ebook so I can just highlight it better. And do you think, this is just a question from my own curiosity, uh, if you had not read this with the audio, do you think you would have liked it so much the first time to read it a second time? No, because it's Julia Whalen. She narrated this book and she does, I mean, she does so many wonderful things, but I love her for contemporary romance and we've read her for like the podcast too. And I can completely differentiate her in contemporary romance from like the the fantasy stuff that she does that we read. Oh, that's great. It's such a nice shout out to Julia Whalen too. Uh, she narrates the Black Witch Chronicles. You read your Babel through audio too because you even made like a TikTok about like people are sleeping on the audio. Oh gosh. Uh, yes, but I, I still want to talk about your book. I still oh want to talk God. about your book. I'm like trying to like, this is weird. I've never, I've, no, like, I've never st- done the interview thing. I still want to talk about your book. Uh, so what what did this kind of bring up for you that uh, is different than a book that we would usually read for the podcast, right? Was there like a different emotion that kind of came out of you? Um, no, I just think it's the genre. Like we we really don't cover contemporary romance in the podcast, which I'm fine with because it's pushed me outside of my comfort zone and realizing that there's so many other things. I don't want to say better things because everybody has their own preferred genre. Um, but like to expand, you've helped me with baby steps too, where I'm like, oh my gosh, this seems so overwhelming. And then we'll do like Throne of Glass and then Priory. And then we just finished watching House of the Dragon and I'm like in it. And you're like, okay, well, this is the next step of like what we're going to do. Um, till we get to this other thing, or even when you had brought, um, the Shadowhunter Chronicles, that could be over. If I try to tell, I can't even pitch. <laughs> I need you to pitch it for people who want to go into fantasy. Because if I try to say, Oh, I've been sobbing all weekend. I actually did with our uh, friend of the podcast, Rachel. I was like, I, I want to call you, to, but we have to record and I'm finishing this book and I've been crying all day. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't want you to cry. I go, No, you don't understand. Like this, this series has like 22 books in it right now so to to try to not have people intimidated by some of the stuff and you've guided through um not just me but i'm sure many listeners too who've been like oh this doesn't seem as like daunting as i might have thought when you have to like when you you take you take little bites of it i mean even for the shadow under chronicles we took like almost a full year off before we came back to do the dark artifices aside from like the emotional trauma that the infernal devices causes that's true and i think i think uh that's a that's a good segue over over to vine um because because babel i'm gonna start with this uh babel is not an easy book to just read a physical copy of or an ebook copy of. Um, I have not really been a part of the conversation about Babel. I have been on the fringes of it, but I have read it now twice. 
And the the second time was just this this week. And this is a book that I am I am just like so proud to admit that if I did not have the audio, I would hate this book. The audio makes it. The, there are a few different narrators, but there's two main ones. And I have to point them out. They're just like so absolutely fantastic. Uh, the first one is uh, Chris Lee Kumhoy. I know I said that wrong. Please look him up. And Billy Fulford Brown. She is one of the narrators from all of us villains and all of our demise. Okay. She she does like Isabel McCaslin. That's okay. her. So that that was her. So Babel, I, I, I'm just going to tell you a basic plot and I'm going to tell you like why. Okay, so um, Babel presents and I believe was marketed as like a dark academia situation. It is a dark academia situation, but not the way that you think. It is a critique of the British Empire and uh, colonization, it, like straight, like straight on. And you see it through the eyes of Robin, who is Cantonese. He's born in China, and um, he's half half Chinese. And he, we see everything through his eyes. Okay, so that that's the premise. That's the premise. Okay, I love this book because. I read this before I went to Oxford, and it's set in Oxford. The way that this book, because it's um, Dark Academia and uh, Babel, we know, is like the Tower of Languages. This is all about languages. It reads like a textbook in some places because there are four students that we follow, and we follow them like through their life at Oxford, and they're taking language classes uh, with the goal of like doing, I'm going to say, magic in quotes, uh, being the end goal, um, because the empire is running on like a low level kind of magic. Okay. 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 But the male narrator and the female narrator switch off when the language explanations start to go. So the, 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 a conversation will start in English and then it'll go to Chinese and then, it'll, or, you know, French and then it'll go to, uh, Creole and then, uh, all, all of these different languages. And and I know, I imagine the way that the book is that there would be like footnotes because the narrator switch off. So it would be like a conversation and then something would be mentioned about the king. It'd be like the king's law. And then the female narrator will come in and there'll be like a paragraph long explanation about that law and how it kind of fits into the story. And then it goes back to the na- male narrator and it continues on as if that passage was not read. So I was going to say, it's like if you were watching a movie and the movie was paused and then the character breaks the fourth wall to give an explanation. And also then the character reverts back into position and the movie is yes. unpaused. Okay. Or, or if you were watching on like Prime, Amazon, right? And you paused <gasps> it and it has all those facts yeah. on yeah. this on the side. It would be kind of like that. Okay. Interesting. But Does it take you out of the book? No. No, because in the audio, well, here's the thing. In the audio, it is flawless. It is flawless. It keeps you interested. There's different tones. Um, 
And the reason why I'm presenting, I'm like presenting this book to the podcast and to you. Hello. Uh, I'm presenting this to you because I was actually like learning things as I was going because like, oh, you know, it's fiction, like whatever. Um, but like the language, like language is language. And like some of it is like, you know, but some of it is like, oh, oh, that's really interesting. Well, I could look that up. I can do my own research on that. Like, did you find yourself stopping to read? You know how sometimes we have to put the book down for a second, um, you know, take it like an emotional pause. Did you find yourself putting the book down because you're like, wait, I want to look this up again? Yes. Yes. Especially after I went to Oxford and I pinpointed, like I went to where like Babel would have been and I went to the like different landmarks and stuff. Oh, cool. And the author has like a, like a little forward, like a little note um, being like, yeah, it wasn't accurate, but like when I was there, like I really liked these places. So I threw these places in there too. And like I warped time a little bit so I could include all of this stuff. And like you can like go to some of that stuff. And of course, this book is sold out in Oxford. You cannot touch it. Like you tried so hard. That was on your so like list hard. to do when you went over there too. Oh, I was so annoyed. I was, oh, it was so hard. Ugh. Okay. But, but. Uh, the, the reason that I didn't really present this to the podcast, even though this is like a fantasy dark academia kind of situation, is that it is just really dense and it is really heavy and it would have to be done, I think, through the audio so that you could really appreciate it. Um, but also there's like female betrayal in here and that's not something that we really love at all. And this is like a standalone as far as I am aware. Uh, and there's just other, there's other, you know, there's so, there's so much other. But um, personally to me, because we can be so many things and we are all multifaceted, um, this really called to me. And uh, there's a theme that I wanted to talk about at the very end. So um, if you haven't read Babel, I highly suggest that you do. The critique of the British Empire is basically that the empire runs on stolen goods and stolen people. And they do a lot to facilitate, um, you know, the exchange of, you know, people and goods. And that if, if the foreign people that they have brought in to work, like to service and like labor for them, stop working, then the empire will fall, right? In theory, so uh Robin, our main character, is this I mean spoilers, but Robin is Chinese. He's um he's Chinese and he's born in Canton. And his father is Professor Lovell, who is a professor at Babel. That professor has gone out several times and impregnated Chinese women. And then left those pregnant women with English nannies and a supply of books and instructions that that child be raised in dual language. And then at a, a, a predetermined time, Professor Lovell goes and extracts those children and then raises them as his ward so that they speak and dream in their native language but also know English. And then they are trained in other languages so that they are um, important to the British Empire. And, and, the, and they, these, these children are then instilled with British values and then continue to um, advocate for the empire. 
but like they are victims. Yeah, absolutely. So that is the thing. And so uh, we, the reader, realize this crime that has been committed uh, slowly as Robin realizes what has happened. He also realizes that this has been done before because he has an older brother, Griffin, who he meets um, that has, uh, he's in a secret society, you know, whatever. He's trying to like bring down Babel because he sees like the empire needs to stop because they're just, they're continuing to take over the world and it's wrong, right? Like it's crime. So it's just this whole situation. Um, But, but these students outpace the master. The students kill Professor Lovell, hide it, throw a revolution, right? They have a revolution. We love a revolution. Or I think. I don't know. Yes. No. Well, yes. <laughs> they, they, they start a revolution and then they successfully bring down the Tower of Babel. Uh, and then there are two people that escape. Uh, Vitois escapes and someone else, but, um, and, and Letty, did and Rami okay but Robin uh Robin dies in in the tower and it, and it takes uh like four people to bring the tower down the main character dies yeah the main character dies what in, in, in the like first this, book yeah in the second to last chapter the main character dies spoiler wow um but Robin has a whole section where he is waiting to die because like there's they're all separate and they're all gonna like set off set off the silver at the same time. You have to be there to like say the words and they're all going to do it at the same time. The clock is counting down. And that is the theme that we have. And that's the theme that we have not talked about on the podcast that we have talked about in real life. Uh, the theme of waiting to die and, and living with that. And I find that Robin has some very beautiful uh, lines here. He's like, what do I do? I need to like think of anything else but but this, but then the clock is ticking down and like all I can think about is like how loud the clock is and like I don't want to die, but I have to do this. Like all of, all of that, it's it's just a lot. And then he he does it. He does it. And then he he um describes like the feeling of everything and he hears the other explosions. So like everybody did it. He knows the tower is coming down. He knows he's gonna bring down Empire. It's just like it's very moving. Uh in the same way. And here's my transition. It's very moving in the same way that Addie LaRue is very moving in this instance. Um, but Babel, and, and I said earlier in the beginning to kind of close this circle, that I kind of stayed on the fringes of the discourse about Babel. And that is like kind of because I, I, I really loved it. And I didn't want to taint any of it with kind of anybody else's opinion. And I felt that way about Adi LaRue too, because I really enjoyed that. And people really disliked that for being slow and for being just kind of unrealistic and boring. Which one, Adi LaRue or Babel? Both. Ab- really? Absolutely both. And that is why, and I'm like, look at all, look at me closing all my loops. Uh, that is also why I do feel that the audio is a thousand percent necessary here. And that if you just had the book and the book is beautiful, the book is beautiful. I tracked down like a, a UK first edition signed copy. Like I, I am all about it, but like the audio is superior here. And just because you experience something with the audio, that is reading, 
that is reading. So like we you have know, a whole episode about we have like, a whole we episode did, like, the about research. That. Yeah, like it, it's a it's a whole situation. But um, I have pitched this book uh, to other people, and it is a weird thing to pitch. Mm. Yeah. I remember when we were talking about it, you had mentioned to me, I go, oh, should we read it for the pod? And you said, you know, maybe not necessarily the pod. And I had asked why. And the first thing you said, well, there's female betrayal. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's not up our alley. Um, but however, you did say, but you should read it. That You know, and uh, uh, Laura can sell me anything so um i'll be like okay so at some point i'll read babel but i now i know i would have to read it through the audio version i mean and and now that you're saying things about like slower you know some criticisms with quote-unquote slower books the same thing could be said about the oleander sword we loved the oleander you have to have that in a reading like an audio experience i think um same thing with dune we did audio that was wonderful if you're able to do the audio experience, because then, you know, completely acknowledging that not everybody has, you know, access to audio or can be part of the audio experience. Um, that's so interesting that it's just like for you, you're like, no, like this, it kept you interested. Also, also, and, and this is a credit to the male narrator or narrators um, in Babel. The accents are perfect. There is no stumbling or like weirdness over any of the languages or accents, at least to my like very amateur, untrained ear. Uh, it was flawless. It was wonderful. The Latin, uh, all, all of it, all of it, because I, and this is a problem. <laughs> this is a criticism that I have had of classical literature for a long time. Uh, and this is just my personal opinion. It's the reason I don't really like Mark Twain is that colloquial um, speech when it's written is difficult for my eye to like comprehend and read. Oh, Mark Twain is like, I completely blank yeah. that out. It really is. It takes you forever to read Huffman. It's all those like freaking commas and the, yeah, everything. And it's, ask, it's, yeah. yeah, it's so hard for me to read. So I know, I know that if I were to just pick the, pick up Babel and read it, I my eye would skip over all of that because what the fuck does any of that have anything to do with me? I don't know what it means. But in the audio, not only are you forced to hear it, but you're you're also hearing it, and then you're hearing like the explanation of it, which is just a thousand times better. And I, I just really, really love that. Also, if anyone is really interested in the audio of this book. The way that the male narrator has his like cadence and rhythm is very similar to Stephen Fry in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is just the most wonderful movie in the world. Which what I mean by that is that it um, kind of gives it a slight joyful whimsicalness oh. to even like the most... I'm going to say like graphic moments because there, there's like abuse. Um, even even those moments, you you kind of feel like you're seeing it through um, through Robin's rose-colored glasses because that's uh, actually saying it out loud. That's exactly what you are. But the narrator kind of gives it that like English bounciness to it. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, and, and it is like kind of joyful in parts. 
And again, it's pleasing to the ear and it's just another compliment um, to the production of this book. Really lovely. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the author of Babel is the same author of The Poppy Wars. You have your on record on the podcast saying that you read The Poppy Wars. However, there were some like violent descriptions of like war scenes specifically that you typically would just like gloss over if you were physically reading the book. Um, if you're listening to the book, you fast forward through it too. Did you find that those type of scenes in this book as well? Or do you feel like there was more of the focus of the dark uh, academia and really kind of like everything else that you were explaining? I mean, that's pretty dark and gruesome enough, but you know, but I just didn't know if there was like an additional level there you found that you had to like take a step back from the things you read in this book. No, no, there's no like graphic war crimes. I mean, obviously the poppy war um, a lot of people really love The Poppy War. The Poppy War is objectively very good, that series. Uh, it is not for me. It is too graphic. It is not the reason why I read um, those descri- descriptions of war. Uh, here, here, it's almost like she took all of all of the like descriptions of war that she had in the Poppy War series and then just and just took all of that and changed it into uh, British Empire history and stuff and then like made a book ar- around that. Uh, it is just really 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 wonderful and the and i do want to stress like the dark academia was the cell it was the hook you know um Mm -hmm. it isn't really that it 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 isn't really because like um the premise is that like silver kind of can can like if you put two if you put language on silver it's like kind of conductive and has a reaction and that reaction you can like hone and make it like do things it's like boats go faster iron doesn't decay you know you know infections get healed stuff like that and um and england has become reliant upon that so like that that is really the only dark academia part of it with like the magic the rest of it is purely corrupt academics like i I think that's the difference because like yes it is dark academia but like politically politically it's awful but like the magic system is like this is you know so you said that you had been um pitching it to other people you should read this has it been an easy pitch has it been difficult and if it has been difficult why do you think it's a hard sell because at least when we used to to get you know me into fantasy you're like look Faye is a hard sell because we've had Tinkerbell and Doctrine into our heads since we were children Um, and Thumbelina, too, now that I think about it. So do you feel like if it is difficult, what why do you think that is? Hmm. I think it would be I think it's honestly, I think it's less difficult to pitch than a contemporary romance. Oh, I mean that. I believe that. I feel like Babel. (sighs) How can I say this? In 2021, I had read over 100 books. Maybe five of them were contemporary romance. This year, I found a balance because we've kind of just like had heavier topics in some of the fantasy that we read. And I was like, I needed something a little bit with a little bit more levity. That being said, contemporary romance typically has a, you know, a very skewed um, specific demographic where Babel, I feel like you can hit a broader audience. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking, too. And also, uh, there are keywords that you can say with Babel that will get people interested. And 
when you're pitching a contemporary romance, those keywords are a little bit more like limited and specialized, right? Right. So, yeah. And isn't that gross? Everything about how we, I mean, isn't that part of the conversation that happens on any social platforms in a book community? Because I'm thinking about it. I pitched this to some male family members and they were like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds amazing. Like, oh, my gosh, really? Tell me more. Tell me more, please. Tell me more. And I was like, well, there's magic. And they were like, uh, but like, is it a big deal? And I was like, I mean, like, nah, but they don't like, nah, you know. Sometimes I feel like you can't say magic to certain people because yeah. that automatic, like, it's I think like there's, a, mm-hmm. yeah, because I do think, and maybe we even talked about it in our intro episode many, many moons ago, where I was brought up with a certain, like, you can't do that because this is the image and that you project onto yourself, which is, an, you know, a reflection of the family and blah, blah, blah. So I didn't really get to, you know, till, you know, COVID happened where we're finally like, let's embrace our childhood selves and start, you know, healing some of our childhood trauma too while we're at it. Um you kind of have to like, oh, well, here's this book about the British society, you know, British Empire. Um, and certain family members, I'm sure you can't talk about like, oh, and here's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> you have to just let them come to those conclusions on their own. That's the thing. So you were asking me, like, how did it go? I don't know. I have had no f- no follow up. No follow up. No one has like said anything. No one's reached out. No one said like they they have read it. But like, that's typical, right? Like, that's very typical. Um, but. These these people did seem very, very interested. Um, and when I was talking about um, so I actively chose to speak about Babel. I actively chose to not speak about the the fairy porn. I <laughs> I made a conscious decision on that based on the environment. And this is another this is another like conversation. I made that decision based on the environment that I was in, the image I wanted to project, and the amount of respect I wanted those people to have for me when I left, right? Because because um, Babel is like just hefty enough and like she's thick if you pick her up that you're like, oh, okay. All right, let's let's see what this is about. All right, you know, maybe she wasn't just talking at you, you know, like maybe this really is something. Um, so I actively made that choice instead of being like, okay, let's talk about Throne of Glass. Let's talk about Akatar. Let's talk about like, yeah. Even though those have such strong themes in them and great thought-provoking conversation it's so interesting that we have to have those that we're that we're so mindful about the people who we're i don't want to say surrounding ourselves with because in certain familial you know situations you might not get to pick and choose those situations um but it's it's like what's going to appeal to the audience who is around me in this moment which is, this is actually kind of another f- full circle moment for us. I think in our first episode ever, I talked about how um, I had to do the icebreaker in New Jersey. I was thinking about this too. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, I had to do the icebreaker in New Jersey. And like, we had to go around in a circle and like, say what we were reading. And um I, there's actually like two things about this. And my boss my boss said Fifty Shades of Grey and everyone like stopped what they were doing and they were like, yes, yes, 
go off. Yes. Amazing. Yes, absolutely. I was dying. I was was absolutely dying in a professional setting. These people have like power over me. There were other people there. It was just the most awkward, the most awkward situation I could possibly be in. It's like, obviously I lied and said I was reading something different. Um, That same company, I'm going to say, that I worked for, uh, in the interview process for one of my like promotions, they asked me what book I was reading. I absolutely lied out of my ass. And I said that I was reading The Hobbit because like, I, I, I was not going to say what I was reading because again, these were like uh, older women who are, you know, I'm going to say Karen, but like, it's, it's a little Not bit more necessarily it's, open to conversations outside of the traditional classics. Yeah. It's just like, uh, you don't read classics. I can tell, but it's, but honestly also too, Oh, you read classics. So you have to have like a happy kind of medium. And there's like movies about mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. So like that was a very safe answer. And I hate that we have to have kind of a safe answer. Like that's yeah. shitty. But I also don't want to say that I, I'm like want to shame people for reading books. That's not the case, but it's like, it's the ick it's the ick no i I don't think the conversation is about like what books you read i think it's the bigger conversation of there are other people outside of the book community who aren't as tolerant and want to have these conversations i mean you and i and everybody in the book community who's like oh tell me more about this orc story that you're reading this orc erotica i've never read orc erotica in my life but please tell me why it appeals to you because there's something about it same thing when ice planet barbarians came out like there is a conversation to be had but that's because we are in a very niche community that wants to and who is you know most of the times can be respectful of each other um, and have those conversations not and you know you get uh, reality kind of sets in when you go outside of of that zone because I remember I was telling somebody I was reading Third of Glass from work in like early 2021 and they were like what and I remember I had to pivot it and pitch it like um Oh, it's kind of like a book version of Game of Thrones. There's a lot of strategy. I didn't bring up Faye. I didn't bring up shifters. I didn't bring up magic at all. Um, but I had to like, I realized my mm-hmm. surroundings really quick yeah. and had to change the conversation. Now everybody, I had somebody at work the other day. She's like, I'm at the end of Silver Flames. I was like, double take at the after party. I was like, what is happening? But that 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 is a thing. You also have to like know your audience, and that also goes to like your you know professionalism and like judgment and like you know you know bosses being all all of that stuff, workplace behavior, all that stuff. Um, and also, and also, uh, I was out uh, socially, which you know I hate, and um, <laughs> I was talking to somebody. And they were like, oh, what do you do? And I like said in passing and they were like, oh, cool, cool. Like, uh, you know, like, da, da, da. And, we were t- and then I started talking about books and they mentioned that they were like kind of maybe in the same affiliated field as I was. And I put the brakes on it immediately, 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 because as much as we want to be like, you know, share everything, like, you know, I'm reading this, be proud, whatever. There 
is like a professional line where it's like, yeah, I can't get hired then, though, you know, (laughs) so I'm just going to like, no, no, we're not talking about this. And that uh, we're talking about being in our bubble and being safe is such a shitty thing to realize when you have to pump the brakes and you're just like this thing that I really love that is like not an issue. Right. But like. If you go and you Google it and you see something that you don't like, you're going to make it like this big thing and it's going to just be a problem for everybody. And like, yeah. who wants that? Yeah. And I, and I mean, we're talking specifically about the fields that we're in. I mean, that's great if people have their, you know, have, you know, are able your to freedom. have those personal, yeah, have freedom, <laughs> your personal relation, you know, you're able to do your personal do relationships that. and your professional relationships overlap. But we also acknowledge that that's not all the case. We also have a friend who is in a very top tier um, profession. There's no way that she would be able to be like, I just finished Tower of Dawn. Can you? Be-? I mean, she goes to our group chat, but she can't. T- you know, she can't go to work and talk no. about that. No, no. And what a shame, though. And I think that's. I think that's kind of the point, right? Because like, uh, we should not have to worry about this. We as 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 women, I guess you and I have to deal with so much shit. It's just so shitty and so hard, and it's just uh, why this other. This other oh. little thing. Uh, but that's why we have the podcast. I was going to say, I was like, what a perfect way. Because I was going to say, like, but that's why we're thankful. Like, we have this community to be thankful for that we have, you know, people we can talk about our shared interests, these things that we love. We could have this, co- like, even today is a perfect example. We talked about two different books that we were both reading. And this is the first time we've done this, too. Like, well, we usually just you know, we have our books that we read for the podcast and then we have like books that we read on top of that during the week. But this was the first time where we were able to kind of meld them together and feel like, okay, would we talk about them on the podcast? Why or why not? And then kind of cherry pick and how everything kind of loops together. So we're thankful for that. We're thankful for the community for this. I am incredibly thankful that you were able to share like book lovers with us that is a discussion that we have just not have i i'm just so excited that like you had this reaction to it that like we're able to share and that we're able yeah. to bring just like a little bit of contemporary romance on the podcast like i know usually i just like even with my goodreads i i I think it's safe to say we all know I'm a reactive reader. And sometimes if I, once I give it a day, I'm like, wait, did I really have a five-star reaction? Or was I just like, think about it, Jess. Um, but this one, I reread it and I was like, no, it's still just as good as I remember it. I, the, the sisterhood parts hit harder and the professional parts hit harder the second read just because of stuff that's going on in my personal life too. So it was just like, no, it's just as good. And my Goodreads ratings, I try not to do stars anymore because um, I just want it to be just, here's my review. Um, but this one, I went like, here's my review and here's your five stars. Like I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even second guess it. That is, that is so great. I am so stoked. Like, I don't know. That just like made me very happy. I am very mm-hmm. thankful that you were comfortable enough to share all of that with us. Uh, that is just like so nice. No, I'm glad that you got to talk about Babel more because you wouldn't even. Fun fact for like we usually kind of like regroup right before the podcast. Laura wouldn't do that. She was like, nope. You're getting everything what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell it on the podcast. So I'm so excited that thank you for sharing. Like now it'll just like move up more on my TBR. 
when I next time I throw something out when I'm not in a book slump, which we're back from. So we're good. <laughs> yes. And again, I'm sorry if I was rambling a little. Here's just the visual. My notes were like... <laughs> Uh, I like, well, you showed me names. the notes. I was going to say, you showed me your notes. It's half a page. It's six words, maybe. And you're like, here are my notes. I go, what? Yeah, I, I told Jess it was mostly going to be vibes. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for letting me just vibe out about that book. I really appreciate it. We are mm-hmm. all thankful today. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to follow us on Acafe Podcast on Instagram at Acafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura, and Akafe Jessica. And if you should feel so kind to leave us a five-star review on any of your listening platforms, we would be extremely thankful. Talk to y'all soon, and thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.